2: Comes bump, bump, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song! Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head. Get up, get up, get out of the bed. Cheer up, cheer up. The sun is red. Live, love, love and be happy. What if I be blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us. In his own sweet song I'm just a kid again Doing what I did again Singing a song When the red, red robin comes
3: Display and a result to please telly addicts around the globe. Victory over Pompey gives Charlton an eight point cushion in the race for the playoffs. Welcome to Charlton Live. <laughs> So good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live here from the Valley on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendez and joining me here in the studio as we get ready to look back at yesterday's superb 2-1 victory over Portsmouth are Mr. Terry Smith, who arrived here with exactly 15 seconds before I started playing the Robin. so well, that was quite impressive.
4: Smith is never late. <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, you were literally late the last time you That's were here. That's true. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting get, get better. Apart <laughs> from the last time. You yeah. didn't swear. Exactly. <laughs> I'm testing <myself>. yeah. <laughs> And uh, joining the pair of us here in the studio is uh, who, a man who has sworn before, Nathan yes. Muller. How you doing, Nathan? you right? Yeah. You got so, here like an hour early. So, yes, yeah, so I wasn't
5: late and there wasn't a yeah. the temptation to swear.
3: Yeah, so on average, everyone was here on time. But um, <laughs> <There you go. laughs> right. early. Yeah, on the, on tonight's show, uh, we're, as I said, we're going to look back at that brilliant display in the 2-1 victory over Portsmouth. We're going to hear the commentary highlights uh, from Terry and Greg on Valley Pass. we also, of course, going to speak to the Addicts boss, Lee Bowyer. Um, and, I mean, the show is pretty much open whatever you want to have your say on tonight as well it's a, it's a fan show and uh, for that reason he actually actually went and spoke to an actual real fan yesterday Liam Anderson uh, outside the pub um, we're going to talk to him find out what he's made of the situation over the last few weeks I might start doing that more often because Liam was really good so just go and speak to actual right. fans rather yeah. than wasting my time with uh, with Nathan all the time Exactly. and also because we're going to speak what's going <laughs> on with your microphone tell is it on and um, yeah, it was working. Yeah, okay, keep going. It's all right, keep going. Um, and uh, and uh, also, um, uh, we're going to hear from a man called Jacko who comes, not the Jacko, but another man called Jacko who comes over from Holland to watch The Addicts as well. So, uh, Nathan, just before we hear the highlights yesterday, yeah. that performance, uh, the atmosphere inside the ground, sorting out the Sky TV curse as well. I mean, it was the, uh, mm. the perfect evening.
5: Yeah, it was. I, mean, I just said off um, just before we went on, I thought um, that uh, Pompey were poor. I but until um, said we didn't really let him play, which was true. But I think from start to finish, um, we we were dominant. Joe Rebo, we, you know, was was unreal. Um, Billick was, you know, to be fair, Jacket did say, didn't he? Not the our midfield were very very good, and I agree. And I think that's what won us the game. Um, and also, just nice to get, you know, scrappy goals like Taylor's one, something that we've missed in recent weeks, just to. Just could get the get the ball over the line sometimes and um but it did get to that stage which we're regarding the highlights where um Igor made a good defend defending save for them. I thought well, it's not gonna be one of these ones, is it? But no, yeah, I've absolutely amazing, absolutely buzzing. Um it's probably likely we're gonna get him again in the playoffs, but um Oh, you never know. It's you too, never know too early, but early but to say anything for certain know. in this one. But, yeah. but
3: um Terry, I mean it, it wouldn't be a traditional Charlton performance unless there was Five, uh, <laughs> Five, ten minutes of squeaky bum time at the end. And, uh, I mean, there was that block from Patrick Bauer as well. I mean, it, it would have been a travesty if we hadn't won that game. All right, Terry, you, your mic's broken, so we're going to we're gonna have to sort that out during the highlights, okay? So let's let's go straight into the highlights uh, to listen uh, to, to Valley Pass highlights. With Terry, uh, you'll actually get to hear his voice on these, uh, and with Greg Stubby. These are the highlights of yesterday's 2-1 win over Portsmouth.
1: A big switch to the right-hand side. Purrington read that, but uh, didn't get the header there, and it's flicked on the second attempt into low, into the penalty area. Bowers in front of him, he gets the block, Bauer. And it's away for a throw. With the corner. From the Charlton left, ball into the box, Naby Sarzeau, and it's oh. just flicked off Naby Sarzeau. It turns away superbly from Evans, finds rebo again. rebo little touch to Williams, Williams out to Perrington. Perrington's going to use Williams again. Williams, little touch into rebo, goes for the Break return, up. Williams, and he's in the box, good move. A brass, of goal! it out! Cleared goal! off the line! Goal, I Kaley. think that might have hit Vetter Kaley. Charlton with a glorious opportunity to score, and it hasn't come, but Billick now back on the ball. Collins swings it in, it's a decent look at delivery. Oh,
6: a free header. Oh, Joe. And heads over the bar. Oh, what an opportunity, no, free absolute free header. Get it on target, to go. goal. Williams gets across to left-hand side to pick up the ball for Charlton. Williams, chip ball forward towards Taylor. It's over his head. Viticali picks it up on the edge of the box. Comes to Cullen with the shot. And he's claiming a corner, Josh Cullen. He didn't quite execute it perfectly. Cullen is a little bit of a scuffed effort. Again, decent hold-up play from Viticali. And Cullen's effort was wide in the end and no Did corner. It. Switch across to the left hand side, and Perrington's a good one. Be- it looks okay for the time being. Perrington looking to try and oh, look to take on Thompson. instead goes back inside to Cullen. Needs a little bit of support. He turns, works a bit of spacer across. Cullen ball into the box, finds Arebo. Arebo! Arebo!
2: One! Joe Aribo!
6: Joe Aribo a turn inside the penalty area. His shot. It went across the face a goal, and the Guilfrey didn't even go for any, and it, in the end. it past him, and into the back of the net, and Charlton, just before half-time, had the lead.
1: Oh, superb work. Again, Christian Billick at the heart of it. Lovely turn, combined with Josh Cullen, then got some space. Found Purrington on, over on the left-hand side, who gave it in to Joe Rebo, he thought uh, perhaps because the momentum stopped a little bit, but then the ball into Joe Rebo kept his run going by uh, Josh Cullen into him. Turn was superb. And the strike away to McGilvery's left-hand side. There's no way he was getting it. Cullen, what a beautiful spot to pick out Joe Rebo in the box. And the young man in front of the television cameras made no this mistake. Brown
6: goes across to take the corner with Evans as well. Brown left-footed option, Evans right. It will be Lee Brown to take, swings it into the six-yard box, it's ahead of oh, the no, come then on! there's the equaliser, far too soft, Portsmouth's only attempt on goal.
1: A simple ball to the back post, Curtis jumps, and Curtis scores. Well, we said to try and keep it tight, and we left Curtis all on his own in the six-yard box, free header.
6: It's far too soft for a child perspective, who up until that point had been excellent in that first 45 minutes as Charlton get the game back underway comes to the edge of the box and Thompson Thompson further right is low low inside the penalty here go for goal and and it's, it's got, got to, to be offside it has, has to be offside well, it did look offside as Curtis ran forward I don't know if he needed to touch that I don't think he Portsmouth. was in the, the right position the linesman. but he had to be offside side with the ball forward towards Vetticelli. it's actually Evans who's off the pitch momentarily for Portsmouth Vetticelli on the left-hand side thinks about a cross it's been held up by Burgess ball inside finds on Rebo Rebo early Ooh. cross comes towards Rees can he get on the end of it? Rees across to Taylor yes! come on! Oh, Jordan make it too! Lyle Taylor getting the goal that he wanted great endeavour from Ben Rees just to stay with the ball and just toe poke it in the way of Lyle Taylor, who had an open goal
1: and couldn't miss, and Cholton restore their lead. Oh, it's a perfect start in the second half for the Attics. Portsmouth down to 10 men. Come on! But great work from Igor Vetticelli to make the run into the corner, to hold the ball up. He didn't just blind panic, hitting the ball into the box, he waited for the perfect opportunity to deliver it and did so into Ben Reeves who uh, got lucky with a slight deflection and poked it towards goal and Taylor there to finish off the job. A drop to Reeves, Reeves first touch takes him wide right, still on it though into the corner, goes back on his left foot, is he going to get a cross in, and trying to go back on his right but now the left foot cross comes in towards Taylor, the far post, touch to power, takes a oh. shot, oh saved away to the left hand side and then Taylor in his attempt to get there just lunges a little bit at Thompson and uh, Portsmouth have a free kick. Brown picks his pocket, goes right to Pittman. Looks up, thinks about a shot. Pittman instead crosses across. across. Lowe's there. Oh, and how did he miss that? It's back across the goal. Curtis can't get there and it's away for a goal kick. wow well, what an opportunity. The ball in for Pittman was
6: exquisite. And low looked... All the world, they had so much time and he could get on the end of it. Just got his connection all wrong. I think he got caught into two minds whether to go for goal or find Curtis. In the end, did either, And it goes wide, but what a let-off for Charlton. Four, four minutes of added
1: time here at the Valley. Prattley over there. It's a ball released on the left-hand side of Brown. Back across. It's in the low. What a block by Patrick Bauer. Falls to Pittman. Another block this time by Purrington. Headed up in the air. A rebound away. Prattley can't get there. Reeves away. Cullen away. And now, can it go to Fosso? Yes, it can. Oh, it's a foul by Naylor, and Charlton have a free kick and it should be a booking for
6: Naylor. What a block by Patrick, Patrick Bauer, Bell. he's getting oh. all the applause, and rightly so. It was a fantastic last ditch block, ball into the box, came to low, got it out of his feet, and well,
1: I just thought it was in a in goal. And in. He's, he's got to be offside, yes is. he is. Oh, he's offside, and that is the final whistle! Charlton have won! After a desperate last few minutes,
3: John secured a three point. So there we go. Uh, the highlights of yesterday's win over Portsmouth and uh, a brilliant result and uh, brilliant commentary as well from the lads there. Uh, great to relive it because obviously it was a massive, massive win uh, for the Addicts and, and, and such a strong performance as well. Right now, hopefully we can welcome Terry. Terry, <laughs> yes, there we it go. There we are. Yeah, So um, Terry, I mean, the, the performance as a whole, I mean, as I said, apart from that last 10 minutes where it got a little bit nervy and maybe after the first five minutes as well, it was, it was such a strong... Uh, display from the It lads. was a great day,
4: wasn't it? I mean, from start to finish. The uh, the fact that we were on the, on the TV uh, is normally a hoodoo for us. Um, we put that to bed. Uh, it was red, white and black day. So you had uh, justifiable reasons to be proud of the club. Uh, and then we go and put in a performance like that uh, against uh, a top six rival. you know, And somebody who, who knows, says we might meet again, who knows? Uh, but uh, it's, it sends a statement out there that uh, we are a good side. Uh, and we can uh, we can put in a result in against uh, any of that top six, I think. And uh, uh, that <coughs> I think more than anything, assuming we do get there, and let's not count our chickens. But assuming we do get into that uh, into the playoffs, then it means that um, anybody facing us will will just have that in the back of their minds that mm. we, we can put in a performance like that
3: because I think, I think the last two weeks have been really important for us as a, as a club when you think about you know we, we had this situation where Carl and Grant moved on and and, and it knocked us back clearly in, in terms of performances and results um, you know we, we went a few without a win four games without a win I think it was and to to now over the last two weeks go to Doncaster and I was going to say, match them. We outplayed them. Really, for for long spells around, and to then do the same against uh, a Portsmouth side yesterday, who probably will finish in the playoffs. Doncaster, obviously, it's up for up for grabs between them and Peterborough and and us. If we if we get dragged back into it, um, to to put in those displays against teams that are there or thereabouts in terms of that end of the season, because I think if you look back last season, I remember at one point we were really struggling against the the teams we would actually play in the top six, if and when we got to the playoffs. You think about the home game against Shrewsbury. Uh, you know, th- there were a lot of games last season where we struggled, but this year we're, we're putting in displays that will make the other sides that we could face in those playoffs stand up and take notice.
5: Yeah, uh, what I always tend to do is whenever we play, I always look at, um, like on Twitter, and look at the other same sort of fans' views. And, I mean, Pompey yesterday was saying that we looked very good. Donny last week, I was in... In the pub, waiting to go home, and they were saying we were the best team to go there in football-wise. Um, and like you say, considering Carlin's gone, I think if as long as we, as long as we we stay, you know, composed in front of goal, we're always going to create a chance with that midfield. I mean, every single one of those midfields yesterday was unreal. Um, and I'd, I even Sunderland to an extent. I mean, I know it's the first game of the season, but we didn't we didn't roll over. So I think, yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of teams in there won't be wanting to play Cholton in those players if we do end up there, for sure. but um, Which is a good thing, but um, but obviously I know we'll all stay humble and it's going to be tricky, um, but it's always a nice thing to get one over, like you said, the last two weeks. Two difficult set teams, you know, they're not bottom of the league um, and we've, to be fair, probably deserved more at um, Donny, maybe. But, yeah, no, a good good start and it keeps us in good stead.
3: Pete? Hey the way the, the, the games were sort of transpired, other than, like say, the, the opening five minutes or so where Jamal Lowe had that opportunity that was well blocked by Bauer, which turned into a bit of a recurring theme, actually, as the, <laughs> as the evening went on, of course, because we saw that again in injury time. I mean, it, it was quite clear that from that first five minutes, we were just controlling play, and maybe it, it took us up until 20 minutes to get our first real sight of goal, uh, which Igor accidentally got in the way of. But you could tell we were turning the screw and putting the pressure under a team. And you know, there, there were times in the first half of the season when Carlin was still here that we even against you know the likes of Barnsley, who came to the Valley, we'd be quite happy to. So try and soak it up a bit and then try and hit him on the counter whereas it was a different style of play for us we were just dominating possession just trying to play it in and around the, the final third and just being patient and waiting for our chances
4: well we have to be we have to play in a different style now uh, without Colin Grant we have to uh, we have to adapt uh, and uh, although we keep the same shape generally speaking the diamond uh, we can't do that Lightning break stuff that uh, that we did when Carlin was here. Uh, Eagle's not no slouched, by the way, but he certainly hasn't got the pace of, of Carlin Grant. So we have to play differently. And the midfield has to step up. Uh, and um, I mean, Joe Ribo, everybody's raving about him, and quite rightly so. But strange, I thought uh, in the first half, uh, Christian Billick was, was outstanding. Mm. Uh, and I think had he stayed on the pitch in the second half, he probably would have nicked a man and match if he'd have put in the same shift. Um, but Joe was. Uh, Joe has got that sort of strange style about him at the moment. He's he's sort of uh, a languid style, you know. He, he doesn't uh, he doesn't he's not a box to box midfield player. You know, you don't uh, you don't look at him like a whippet running around, but he's just has got that ability to do stuff with the football, uh, and especially when it's at his feet. Uh, other players trying to get it off him, the opposition, and, and he just uh, he can he can jink past two or three, and he just mm-hmm. opens teams up, and they don't know how to play him.
3: It's, it's funny. I remember before Christmas, and uh, you know, people enjoyed Joe Aribo's performances in the run up to Christmas, but I don't think he was quite getting the plaudits. Uh, that he is now but then it was so it was so noticeable when he was out if you think about that away yep. game at Barnsley and away game at Coventry uh, over Christmas and, and, and we had Pratley in the midfield and you know Prattley. Has a role to play, and certainly can play it well when he when he is needed. But he cannot fill the same role that Joe Rebo can. We need someone who can play the ball on the floor. Uh, I mean, I mean, th- there was something I saw yesterday. That I don't know if I see if I've noticed it that much as well from Rebo. The amount of times he won position when when Pom- Pompey had it Correct. in the middle of the park as well. But yeah, it, it was so clear over Christmas that we were missing him. And since he's come back, I mean. Uh, our only midfielder that scores any amount of goals as well But he's he, he so vital yesterday And uh, in front of the Sky cameras uh, And with his contract coming to an end Yeah, that was good, eh? Yeah, at the end of this season I imagine that, I imagine that about 80% of the Sky viewers Be thinking about signing him Even if they're not football people They're just like, oh, he, he'd be useful around the house <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I don't know what for But uh, he, he's just got legs that seem mm. to stick out everywhere, doesn't he? Mm. Uh, and he, as I say, he's got that language style And you think he's, he, he looks at times a little bit ungainly but he's he's able to do stuff with the football that, that is just mesmeric, and uh, uh, as you say, he does offer the threat in the, in the penalty areas as was was shown yesterday. It was a lovely finish, uh, and it at times they have uh, the opposition have to put two or three players near him, and that takes you know, and, and he still holds the ball up, and he still manages to play other people in, and it leaves gaps. And uh, as I say, we just we need somebody to open up the opposition, and uh, he's probably the, the best exponent we've got of that.
3: And obviously, as you said, the performances of the likes of uh, Christian Billick in that first half. Uh, Josh Cullen, when he went to the defensive midfield in the second half after Billick went off injured, just gives him that free license to to go ahead and uh, do what he needs to do. Um, with, with, obviously the quality of the goal. I mean, mm. it's one of those ones where he makes it look easy, but that's not an easy chance because you, the the, ball, the ball's uh, sort of fizzed in from uh, from Josh Cullen. He, uh, probably not even the most easy height to to control, slightly off the floor. So he had to bring that down with men around him. Uh, but to turn and to, to to get that shot away under pressure and, and know where the goalkeeper is and to arrow it into the far corner. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was a brilliant finish from Joe Rebo there.
5: Yeah, and I mean, like Joe said, Billet was man of the match. I think he started it. I think he's, he was in a tight air and done one of his quiff turns, didn't he, and then switched to play. Um, but one at that ball from Cullen, it's so difficult because it's an in-swinger. It's so difficult to defend unless someone's in front of Joe. And obviously they got him on the wrong side and... Yeah, even though it was a great touch, and yeah, he still had it a lot to do. It wasn't centre with a goal. We still had to play it across the goalie. And um, but yeah, that's what that, that's what we've missed. Those goals. I mean, how many? What's that? His sixth or seventh? Is it six? Sixth, sixth I think, I think it, yeah. so. Yeah, and I think that's what we've missed. We've missed something different in a, in and around the box. And um, it was a great little finish. And obviously just to match his performance, which is unreal.
4: I was pleased that uh, it wasn't a Charlton shirt trying to get a block in. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, because that was our, our our best opening before that goal. And uh, yeah, a, a good run down the the wing again from Johnny Williams. Um, squared it to Cullen. This is about 20 minutes in and we've had all this possession, still waiting for that clear-cut chance. You see it rolling to Cullen uh, pretty much on the penalty spot, maybe slightly further forward. The goalkeeper's beaten and you just can't work out how it hasn't gone in. And then you saw Igor sort of uh, gingerly walking away, saying, oh, sorry about that. I mean, uh, you'd argue that Cullen really should have seen the bodies in front of him and and just stuck it into that bottom corner. So you you feel so bad for Igor because no one would be kicking themselves more after getting in the way uh, of of someone's shot like that. Um, And and it just had that little fear in the the back of your mind when that happened. It's like, oh God, we're, we're, we're dominating possession so far we're yet to score and we've been struggling to score goals recently and we've been doing stupid things in front of goal and that's another one well
4: Lapsley did it uh, at Wimbledon didn't he in front of uh, Lyle Taylor (laughs) so it's becoming a theme uh, so it looks like we're, uh, we're, I think must be something they do in training, just throw yourself in front of the football yeah. and uh, and sometimes you just don't realise that you're in the opposition's what, penalty area what at the time.
3: I'm guessing, judging by the fact that we have put in some pretty clever blocks at, at the right end, you know, like we say, Patrick Bauer, we saw yesterday, maybe the whole team just has a shift, right, just imagine the last 10 minutes of the game put your bodies on the line sort of blocks and they just forget 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 which way they're going maybe.
5: They're just just line up and bow just pelts balls just got to block it with <laughs>
3: That's yeah, that sounds like the sort of thing you'd do to be fair. Um after all that domination in that first half, we finally get our noses in front, you think and if uh, you watch I was I watched back the sky coverage when we got home and I think it was uh, Don Goodman that the co commentator said Portsmouth will be desperate to get in at one nil now. And uh, it he had that feeling about it and then Portsmouth win pretty much what was it, their first or second corner? And and it, it comes over and uh, yeah, disappointing defending, wasn't it? And uh, a free header at that far post. Uh, I think Parrington w- was the man who who lost his player, and uh, yeah, Curtis with a header. Yeah, it was disappointing.
5: I think because we were in the ascendancy. I think we were playing the better football. They didn't really create much. They only sort of had that one outlet, which was Hawkins up front, and they they weren't sort of getting any sort of knockdowns. So. Um so yeah going in at 1-0 it was just it was just a bit of a, a sucker punch really and I was just a bit concerned on on you know the, the clichés you know when you go you score before half time it's a lot more difficult to come out with um and I was fearing the second half a little bit but then I thought, no, they've not really created much. We've got the upper hand. I think if we keep calm, we'll do all right. But um, it's a good little header from the lad, to be fair. Um yeah, Ronan Curtis. He was um, giving it a little bit to the fans, I must yeah, admit. I wonder if he stopped I doing Didn't quite that. get that, yeah. Yeah. if but, <laughs> I'm honest.
3: Uh, I've always said if I, was, if I was a footballer, I imagine I'd do that every game. It's just it's a way <laughs> just to rub find the fans Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a Robbie Savage character. Although it does come back to bite you on the backside exactly, when you have yeah. a goal ruled out for offside. Uh, and then go on to lose the game, and there was quite a funny shot of him banging the floor <laughs> near the end of the uh, of the game. So important that you start that that second half well. And as we said, there was that goal uh, from Curtis. Uh, got a touch off uh, Jamal Low shot, clearly offside uh, at the time. Even uh, even though we had a Premier League officials yesterday, I imagine a League One. Uh, official would have spotted that anyway and uh, we go almost <laughs> immediately down the other ends and now I, I have to give some credit to Ben Reeves that I didn't give to him uh, in, in the stadium yesterday because I didn't realize that when he had his chance I thought he had a shot at goal and it got blocked and it just rebounded to Taylor but he's actually he done so well just to get his head up and see that Taylor was unmarked in the middle there. Yeah
4: a little toe poke after the initial shot was uh, was blocked uh, he, he stayed alive stayed, uh, stayed alert uh, and managed to get a foot in now of course that foot you know, that touch could have gone anywhere, but uh, it went straight to Lyle Taylor, which, uh, uh, and he'd been desperate for that. And, I mean, I know I spoke to him yesterday, and uh, people say he hasn't scored for however many two months. Two months, yeah, it is. But I mean, he hasn't played for, he didn't play yeah. for four of those <laughs> so, uh, four, four, three games, wasn't it? Yeah. So it uh, doesn't feel as mad, but um, desperate to get a goal. And uh, really pleased for him because he, he put a shift in. Well, they all did, but he, mm. he really put a shift in up top.
3: Yeah, you could tell. Um, you could tell how much it meant to him. There were some great celebrations from Tane. As you say, we 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 spoke to him yesterday. Um, it was, yeah, only five, it was four or five games without a goal. I think his first goal in five games. But as you said, because it spread over two months, it does feel like a. Perhaps he would be a little bit of a monkey on his back, especially since it's the first goal he's got since Carlin's left. And um, you know, in, in terms of a strike partnership, I've, I've actually I've noticed a few little bits between him and Igor. Uh, Igor's movement's been pretty good yeah. over the last over the last two games, which 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 could just be. I mean, he's never going to be as good as Carlin, if we're being totally honest, uh, Igor. But if he can just be that little bit of a foil for for Lyle Taylor, then that could again stand us in good stead for the rest of this season because. You know, a, a month ago, when when Carlin had just left and, and we go on this little bit of a, a winless run, I mean, everyone's really worried, but now just things are starting to click back into place. I mean, you can see it with the celebrations at the end there. I don't think anyone was uh, was any any uh, way nervous about how the rest of the season's going to go, but just these just these signs that things are sort of back on track now and, you know, even with the eight-point cushion, we've got enough, of a, enough leeway to screw it up majorly if we want to for a while anyway.
5: Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, when Igor came in... Um, you know, you could tell he was a player, and he he was brilliant when he first came on the scene. And he's just not had the the luck of injuries, and he just needs games. There was a there was some like you say, his movements good. Some t- his hold up play could have been a little bit better, but I think yesterday he, he give it, he, and he nearly gave um he gave the ball away late on because he looked absolutely shattered when he. I think they nearly scored from it, but I think the more games he gets, yeah, I think him and Lyle will um, form. Former partnership, but yeah, he's not going to be a Carlin. He's two; they're two different players. But
4: it'll all come down to what threat he poses, uh, mm. because um, with with Carlin there, um, he was offering goals, and so uh, defences were having to mark both of them: uh, Taylor and mm. Carlin Grant. So when Carlin got the ball, more often than not, Taylor was being able to to find space because the attention was on Carlin because the, he had a goal threat about him, and vice versa. And so um defenses were, weren 't quite sure who to pick up and they couldn't they can 't you can 't double up on both of them if you know what i mean so mm. uh, that's that allows the other one to get space uh, and it happened a little bit more yesterday than it has done for a while as you say I just think that um, they 're just beginning to strike up something uh, hopefully um Eager away f- with a few goals as well, which uh, which will take the pressure off Lyle, of course.
3: Mm. Yeah, and uh, and the midfielders as well, which uh, which we saw yesterday uh, with Joe Arriva. I mean, uh, Patrick Bowen nearly had one <laughs> as well, denied by a really good uh, save from McGillvray or whatever his name was. Um, but yeah, as we said, last ten minutes you are going into sort of nervous territories, you always would. Prattley's come on just to try and shore things up. We've gone a little bit more uh, defensive, which was the plan to try and hold on to to what we had, and, w- and we just have one particularly, or two hairy moments, that long ball over the top, the angled cross where Jamal Lowe, uh just tickled it towards the far post and there was a man running in as well who couldn't quite get there so perhaps a bit of a let off there uh, the other one where Lowe found the, the ball at his feet Lowe probably um their, their most dangerous player actually yeah, so you think about like, it every yeah. every time uh they they seem to have a, a sight of goal it seems to come through him uh and, and as we say a, a massive block from uh Patrick Bauer and then eventually we, we see how they added time he seemed to play a little bit more than he needed to which uh, <laughs> which is a complaint I've had for the last couple of weeks now but um yeah, we saw it out, and I mean those celebrations on the Valley pitch. I mean, Leboya Lee running down to make sure he was involved with them as well. They were—he got there quick, didn't he? Yeah, well, straight at full time, he went down. I think I know which way he went. I reckon he went down through the Vista Lounge. <laughs> no, that isn't isn't important at all. But yeah, he, he got down there quick, uh, celebrated with everyone on the pitch, and uh, there was there's some great videos going around of the, the the covered end and the whole stadium. To be fair, at full time yesterday, uh, singing the lads off, and again, it just felt like. One of those really special moments that we're almost getting a little bit accustomed to over the last few weeks, uh, over the last few months here at the Valley.
5: Yeah, was, I think um,
3: yeah, like you say, we got a bit
5: hairy towards the end, and it was a big relief um, because we, you know, yeah, it was on telly, um, it was under the lights, but we'd be a good, you know, a team who were in the top top six, and we're playing well at the moment, and it's not like we got a last minute penalty. We played really, really, really well throughout and deserved the win. So it was nice scenes at the end and. Um, we're, we're, we're doing good at the moment it looks like we're riding on this little quest of our way which I don't really want to stop because I think um, I can't remember the stat they put out but the last our home form this year has yeah, been absolutely incredible. We're, we're
3: 12 games unbeaten at the Valley now. Mm. Um, yeah the, the last two games was uh, were, were draws here which funnily enough I mean so by, by winning yesterday we've now won 11 home games this season which is the same amount as last season and that was a good season last season mm. but we only won 11 times at home so now and we could have done that in early February but we have now matched it in March and it just shows how strong we are uh at home um i think they said in in that 12 we've never conceded more than one yeah. at home which is again an incredible record and it it, it just makes it so much uh it, it takes the pressure a little bit off your away form as well when you can play that well at home and be so strong uh which which is always uh good to see now of course that opens up I, we had the good news before before the game started of the results of Doncaster and Peter Braddoni getting beaten uh, at Wimbledon, Peterborough getting beaten at um, Bradford City so I mean that, that gave us so we knew minimum at the end of the day we'd still have our five point gap, I mean do you think that affects the, men- the mentality tell, do you think that sort of in a way takes a little bit of pressure off?
4: I think so although to be fair um, judging by what um, Lubella said afterwards and you'll you'll hear it in a bit uh, they obviously had a game plan for Portsmouth, um, one of that being that Portsmouth are a physical side so you've got to compete you've got to battle you've got to win the the, the tussles and the And the battle's all across the pitch, so they clearly had a game plan for the for the match. Yes, of course, if you're looking at the results, it takes the pressure off. There's no um, must win against the game when uh, you know if whether or not if somebody's only two points behind you rather than than five. So uh, I'm sure you know they'll take one look at it and it it does sort of ease the ease the pressure a little bit. But I think um, by the sounds of it, and by the sounds of what Lee Bo said, we would have put in that sort of performance anyway.
3: Hmm. Um. Right, let's uh, have a listen, I think, to Lee Boyer, who came in to speak to Terry after yesterday's game. Don't forget you can have your say as well, as well, um, before we, we go into that. I've got a good tweet from Dan Farmer, which I'll, I'll need to explain, so I'll, I'll, I'll do that in a bit. But yeah, you can have your say, studio at CharltonLive.co.uk. You can tweet us at CharltonLive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, to let us know what you made of yesterday's win. So, uh, Lee Boyer came in to speak to Terry, after yesterday's game, and of course, he was absolutely delighted with his side's performance. Yeah,
7: um, it's been a great day all round. Um, results went f- our way for a change before kickoff, and um, and, and to get a performance like that, you know, all, all week though, I've known, I've known that this is what like we're we're going to put this type of performance in. I knew it because we haven't been playing bad, um, and I knew the atmosphere and. And everything, the lads would grab it, you know. Um I've just been drumming into them all week. like You have to compete. You have to compete. It's going to be physical. You have to. Because if you don't, you lose. It's that simple. That's what Portsmouth do. They they just run over the top of teams. They're, they're so, so powerful, you know. They're full of men. And, um, and they've got people that can hurt you. So, I've been drumming that into them and... And I said, like, we have to play. When we get the ball, we have to do what we're good at and, and move the ball quick. And, and and I thought they found it tough to, to get close to us at times when we had the ball. And from the first goal, I think 10, 15 passes, scored a great goal. you can see from a set play, Portsmouth some very good set pieces, you know, um, which was frustrating because we've been great on, on that side of things. Um and then I thought, we, I thought we deserved it, you know, of the chances we created, first half and second half, I thought we um, we finally deserved three points.
4: Did you need to pick them up uh, at that half-time break? I mean, the, the domination in that first half, uh, the, the goal that came was uh, was a, a justifiable. Uh, because of the way we were playing and uh even after uh lot tellers effect so would come off the back of igor uh, uh and and didn't, uh, sorry josh Dunn's effort, sorry uh, off the back of igor and not going uh we needed that goal to concede so quickly afterwards did you have to pick him up or was the was the dressing room still okay
7: No, dressing was fine I just, I just said look, the only way they're strong at set pieces, like and, and and for me, the way that first half went, that the only way they were going to score was from a set piece. Um, I can't remember Dylan having too much to do other than pick the ball out of his net. So I said to him, not just keep doing what you're doing, but they're going to come at us stronger, and 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 we have to be ready for that. And but just keep doing it, just keep passing the ball. You have to compete, but then pass the ball, and you will create more chances. And we've done that. And again, I thought we could have had another two or three. Just took a little bit more care, but, but yeah, it's um, for me. I thought I thought it was outstanding from start to finish. Their attitude and their their, their fight and togetherness. The, the crowd just just as soon as they walked out, you can tell like the crowd just on them and just got us going. And like it's like yeah, here we go. I knew it was going to be like this.
4: And losing Christian Billick at half time, who would had a great first half, um, was a setback, but not a setback that affected us too much. Josh Cullen dropped in there, and it was it was quite seamless.
7: Yeah, um, I have to say, I think that's the best foot five minutes Christian's had since he's been here. He's been getting stronger and stronger, and he's been taking less touches on the ball, moving it quick, and he, I think he's come on so much in that position. Um, and obviously, losing him was was disappointing. Gives us that physical presence as well. Do you know how bad yet? No, don't know how bad yet. No, we'll really know more um, tomorrow. I'll have more of an idea tomorrow. But Josh, you've got Josh Cullen that can sit in there and, and do a great job as well. So, um, yeah, disappointed to lose Christian. but <coughs> Sorry, but um, yeah, but I thought Josh, Josh letting in there well.
4: Lyle Taylor has been. I wouldn't say starved probably not the right word but he's uh, is, uh, is not got the goal that perhaps he's um, deserved in some games but of course he was out for a, a few for suspension but uh, he must have been delighted to get back on the score sheet it was a scruffy one but they all count
7: Yeah and hopefully now he'll go on another little run and getting goals so um, as a forward I, I, I've said it before I believe you get rewarded for hard work and you have to keep gambling and, and closing down and and then because what you do is you, you close someone down and then all of a sudden something affords you where you shouldn't really be. Boom, goal. And, and that's what happened with Lowell today. He's, he, he worked very, very hard at possession and he got rewarded for his for his hard work. For me, a chance inside a six-yard box, you don't get many out. So. An
4: indication of that as well, not just his goal, but uh, just after, or as we were getting towards mm-hmm. the end of the game, it was in added time. It was uh, it was Lowell, it was stopping two crosses coming in. From, from the big centre half that uh, that could have caused us problems and so uh, even though the booking might be in the back of his mind and not to get one he's still putting his body on the line as, as everybody did to be fair yeah,
7: yeah. And, and that's what we do you know we have, we have this squad of players and, and, and I know I keep saying it but we have a squad of players that that keep going and, and, and they keep fighting you know and they know the importance and they know the situation we're in I tell them all the time like you don't realise we're so close and and our objective is to get promotion like that's how, we, we, we're we here to get promotion and um, the way we have to do it is we have to give it our best shot and, and, and every time we walk onto the training pitch like I tell them you know like this is you have to do it right and and, and the same on the, on the pitch on the Saturday so um, but to me like the, the way they all fight and the crowd are singing and it's, it's just
4: just puts a big smile on my face. It's a magical place to be the Valley when it's rocking like that and uh, hopefully it won't be the last time this season. Uh, Second game in a row against the top six side. Should have probably won away way to Doncaster. Didn't quite do it so was today, I wouldn't say vital is probably not the right word, but was today really important to give the momentum going into the to the last ten? Yeah. yeah.
7: I think um, every game's going to be important from now on in. Uh, but the good thing is we've put more of a cushion there between the, the sides below us and and closed the gap to two from Portsmouth. Not so long ago, they was, what, 10, 12 in front of us in top two spots. And then now we're only two behind, I think. Two behind them. And that's nothing, that's just one win. So, uh, so yeah, just shows you how, how hard-working we are and how well we're doing uh, as,
4: a, as a side. Another injury. Johnny Williams having to come off. Um, how serious is that? Do we know yet? Or what was it?
7: No, a hamstring as well, two tight hamstrings, don't know um, Don't know the seriousness, obviously the same, we'll have more than I did. Unlikely
4: today. for Tuesday though, they, they come take a fast. The, yeah, this one, yeah, so.
7: yeah, I think he'll, um, he, he'll struggle for Tuesday for sure. Yeah.
4: Today, as I said, the value was rocking, uh, uh, the performance probably one of the better ones, uh, if not the best one that we've had here for, for, for a while against a... Uh, six top six um opposition uh red white and black day as well today's uh probably what uh what it means to be a Charlton fan and a Charlton player and a Charlton manager um you're doing your contract talks you've already said you love the club and it's days like this that uh that ran that home isn't it
7: yeah yeah um everything's just going well at the moment you know And if it ain't broke don't fix it that's a big philosophy of mine and so i just want to keep running with what's going and and, and see where it takes us and uh yeah, and obviously, regarding the contract, this hopefully we come to an agreement. Uh don't know when that will happen. But, so, yeah, everything's everything's good at the moment, but still a long way to go, 10 games to go. If, if you think, when I took over this time last year, it was 10 games to go, and, and a lot of changes happened, but they good for us. So, we've got 10 to go, and never know this some more changes could happen in, in a good way for us between now and the end of the season.
4: A lot of tired bodies in there, I guess, and uh, we've got a game on Tuesday in case of uh, managing who's, who's about and who's fit and uh, and they're ready to put a shift in again.
7: They all want to play. They all want to play, even people that that, ain't on, that are on the bench and people that haven't made the squad it Every footballer wants to play football, so we've got a good, great team spirit and... Uh, and if someone has to drop out then someone comes in like this. that's football that's the way it goes and uh so i'm sure i'll have people trying to impress tomorrow morning because they realize that there might be one or two spots that that come free now so uh, which is good for me so not that i've lost players but i'm gonna have people that, that wanna wanna fight for for a place in the starting eleven.
6: Momentum has been with Charlton, they've really played well this. Oh, it's a quickly taken after.
1: corner into Williams in the penalty area. Chip ball back across, Headed clear, only as far as Soar gets something on it. So does Vettikele. Oh. oh, cleared away. that saw be Soar again. Yes. Oh, come on. This time it was Vettikele. He got head header. I don't know who it came off in the end. <laughs> deflected in, it might have been Williams. I've no idea who that came off last. But it over the outstretched hand of Ramsdale. But it was head header. John McEwen up for the uh, dropping ball, but it took a deflection off of somebody, and it's in the back of the net.
3: So welcome back, this is and Live here on Maritime Radio. Looking back at yesterday's superb 2-1 victory over Pompey here at the Valley. Just heard there from the Addicts boss, uh, Lee Bow. You can have your say as well. Email us studio at CharltonLive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for uh, tonight's show. And uh, if you want to look forward to the uh, Burton game as well, let us know what uh, what what you'd line up with, if there's any changes you'd made. Obviously, with the possibility now, Tell it sounds like, uh, both Johnny Williams and Christian Billick came off with tight hamstrings. Obviously, it was too early to tell at full-time yesterday, but you'd think with a tight hamstring, it'd make them very doubtful for Tuesday. There's
4: no way you'd risk them, uh, even if uh, even if they were the fit to play. I think uh, hamstring injuries are horrible things and so if it's just a little tight they're not going to risk a tear or a, or a snap or anything like that in, in a game so uh, I think both of those won't make it even if, uh, even if they're able to I think they'll give them a rest
3: yeah, It is interesting that Billick did try and play on because of course he first went down maybe sort of 10 minutes before, uh, before half time came back on did a, a wonderful bit of skill as well actually in the build up to, to the goal but uh, it was withdrawn at half time um, you, you would argue we've got ready-made replacements for both in Cullen can drop deep and um, Reeves can come into the midfield um, so you'd think there would be and then Prattley could of course replace Cullen or someone else could go into that that middle of the park so there are replacements there if needs be. What um, did you make of Johnny Williams yesterday Nath because we've been talking about him quite a few times uh, over the last few weeks and I just argue that he is starting now to Lay chance more chances on mm. onto a plate. We saw that one that that Cullen had that hit a rebo, he uh was involved with a couple last week at Doncaster as well.
5: Yeah, I think he's starting to um he's starting to show himself a little bit more now. I think no one can fault his effort or anything like that, he's but um for someone in that sort of number ten role, you're you're gonna need goals or assists to be quite effective and um I thought we had a good game, yes. So I thought he was creating, he came out wide yeah, he, like I say, cross one in. Um, so yeah disappointed for him because he's he's just started showing it but yeah like you said we've got ready-made replacements but hopefully it's not too long because he does he can drive with the ball you know he's good he's very very intelligent Um, and yeah we do need him in the side so hopefully it's just a slight strain and not a and like Tell said, there's no point risking him.
4: There's, there's no I point... I mean, if, if it's a strain, it's two weeks. If, yeah. if they snap it, then you're, you're out for the season. The mm, rest yeah. of the season, so it's not worth the risk.
3: No, of course not. Um, obviously, you, are, you mentioned Bayer there about his contract. He said during the week uh, that someone representing the owner had implied that at some point they're going to offer him a contract, which was uh, as vague as it could get. But it sounds <laughs> like Livin to Turk has probably said, well, we might give you a contract at some point when, uh, when one of us gets around to it. I mean, obviously... It's it's still a slightly strange situation that I mean that it has been allowed to run on this long in any, any stretch of the imagination, but I mean we're desperate for some sort of consistency well, here at the club I mean, and it'd be madness you, you to, got, to not get him signed got, up as soon as possible you
4: know you gotta be fair to him i mean they've got fairy tales to make up they've got <laughs> um they got <laughs> they got uh, uh ridiculous uh, prices to reject so you know their the, the time's busy so you know obviously the contract is is a bit further down the list of more important
3: things yeah i mean obviously that that <laughs> that two percent of roland's time that he does uh concentrate on the club as you say is very busy uh uh, demanding that the EFL uh, acquire the club is in- some interesting takeover news yesterday as well. Which um, obviously we-, we saw the bit in the Standard and actually lines up with that thirty-five million pound bid that I mentioned on the show about two weeks ago. Uh, and and Rick, are you claiming this is a scoop? No, not remotely. Because I'm sure Rick <laughs> knew about it before I did. I just said, oh, someone's told me something. Uh, but I was, read- I was reading the um, I, was- I was reading the Voice of the Valley today, sitting down to have a proper read of it, and he, he implied that uh, Roland has. Pretty much just ignored this bid anyway. So, mm. uh, and and also that this bid would have happily paid off the seven million pounds worth of loans to former directors. So, I mean, this is the best bid you're going to get, Roland. So I cannot, I can't understand why anyone's willing to pay that much. To be honest, but I mean, it's, it's crazy that he'd be turning that down. And I mean,
4: you can't use understand mm-hmm. and Roland Duchatel in the same sentence. Mm. It's just not UEFA's
5: possible. next. Mm. We have done yeah. EFL. Yeah. UEFA next, if not FIFA. FIFA. FIFA, if not the Queen, and then all the, f- oh, the Queen's going. a good shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Never know. He yeah. probably would write a letter to her. <laughs> yeah, um, right like ro-
4: near the Royal Borough of Greenwich. Exactly, yeah.
5: She's, she's already bought the borough. She <laughs> might as well buy the football club. Yeah, that's what was, exactly
3: what he was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. He'll demand. Well, there we go. Right. Uh, <laughs> shall we have a look at some of the... Because uh, uh, the only thing is, I mean, I know we talk, uh, we're, we're enjoying the run again. And and we have talked about the, the contract situation and what's to come at the end of this year. But there is still... Th- this is a very nice distraction, isn't it, to what's... <laughs> What, what's uh, bubbling under the surface and, and always has been? I, I'll tell you what. I'll just tell you a little personal story. My, uh, my right shoulder dislocates all like every couple of years, and I did it today while I was on the sofa. Is that to get you out of those sort of straitjackets? <laughs> no, it, it just reminded. So it, it just reminded me of. My, normally, my sho- I'm just sitting there thinking, "My oh, sh- shoulder's fine," but I'm always worried. Just under the surface, it's going to pop out, and it did it today. And it was out for about five minutes. So I have to put it back in myself. Ooh. And that's exactly what Charlton's transfer policy seems to be. It's just waiting for a disaster to happen, <laughs> and all of a sudden. Charlton's right arm's going to fall off for about five minutes, and we're going to be stuck again at the start of next season.
4: We are teetering on the edge, and we have been for how long? I don't know. It, it seems like an eternity. Um, and it is the only distraction. I mean, if it wasn't for uh, Lebo, Johnny Jackson, Steve Gallen, and, and, mm. and the football players uh, and the fans, by the way, mm. um, we would uh, we'd be mammothly depressed mm. more than more yeah. than we are at it's, times it's now.
3: That that, um, I, that. So I retweeted someone talking about a YouTube video earlier, but I'm sure there's plenty of videos going around. Uh, of the atmosphere at full time yesterday, and it's just one of those ones where you just wish that everyone was here for it. Mm. And you under- obviously you understand fully the reasons yep. why not, and and uh, and you agree with them in in many in many um, ways. So you, but you just want the Charlton family to be back together, and obviously there's only one way that's going to happen. Every single look
4: fan at, that isn't here wants to be yeah, here.
3: Look at Blackpool yesterday as well. I yeah. mean, what a moment uh, for, for them getting that last minute. Uh, Equalise. I'm afraid a few of them are going to have to be banned now for running on the pitch. But <laughs> uh, yeah, one day that'll be us, and uh, something I look forward to. Right, don't forget on tonight's show, we're also going to hear from uh, Liam Anderson. I spoke to him outside the pub yesterday. Uh, I got given like a brief from from BBC. They wanted they wanted. Um, a real Charlton fan. They also wanted a young Charlton fan, so it left me in a bit of a sticky situation because I you I, got fifty percent of it then. Yeah. So I was going to say, how do I go around to random young people and say, oh, can can I speak to you, please? <laughs> <laughs> so um, you've got in trouble with that yeah, before. Yeah. So, so I went to so I went to the I went to the um, the the Royal Oak pub where we know that the right side of the covered end likes to drink that that little group down there. Um, I was actually after a bill because I know he's quite a young fellow as well. So, so I went in, made an absolute idiot of myself, saying, is, "Is he's quite young, isn't he? Is he here?" And everyone's looked at me, especially Dan Farmer, who said I was calling him old. <laughs> well, so that that wasn't the implication. Uh, Dan, I think it was, but... mate. <laughs> <laughs> But was, joke, yeah, though. but he was. But uh, Liam was there, this and this is he's, the reason he's yeah. dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> <Yeah. it? laughs> and uh, Liam was there, and he spoke really well. So we're going to hear from him later on the the situation uh, uh, at the club as a whole. But I want I want to get onto the tweets about yesterday's performance. And the first one uh, comes in from Tony out in Spain. Uh, he said I have so much to say about the game and he said it was absolutely fantastic he said sorry to me for not liking my tweets today but he actually finally got to see a game uh, on the TV Billick, Sar, Cullen, Bauer and Aribo were immense today and that's again that's why it was one of the reasons it was a nice one yesterday is because you know there would be so many people around the globe or even you know, people in, in the UK who are boycotting at the moment who won't get to see us play that much who actually got to see a performance and actually got to enjoy it properly and uh, you know, I, feel, I feel so pleased for everyone uh, who, who perhaps doesn't get to to see us as much that they got to see
5: that. Yeah, I, yeah. I said them um, earlier. Um, there are a couple, of, a couple of mates of mine who are uh, support um, Premiership teams like Southampton and Spurs and and West Ham, and they said that we we did, did play really well and it goes on to the fact what you said about Jarebo and being out of contract and being on Sky and they certainly set up and noticed him so uh which is a bad thing but in a good good thing as well. But yeah, no, it was nice to spend like you said about the um the people who stand away at the moment. It's nice to see them to see a game all watch us play really well because our hoodoo is finally over.
3: Yeah. And uh, exactly. Susie Stevens is suggesting a Cholton versus Sunderland playoff final ooh, at ooh, Wembley. Ooh, just yet. like... Well, it'll be 21, night, years, uh, 21 <laughs> years by the time it happens. I mean, they're, they're, they'll be gagging to get some payback, wouldn't they? Uh, although, that, that, again, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, he, uh, when we come to it. Now, Rob Waghorn says, I won't be surprised if Boyer sits in the stands regularly now. Uh, it can make him an even better manager. I think Curves always watched a lot of the game from the director's box. And he always did. And um, um, Boya seems... To quite enjoy it. He gets to sit next to Brett Shaw, his analyst, so he gets more stats and uh, able to look at replays, see what goes wrong, that sort of stuff. I mean, you'd argue it's an advantage. It is a weird... It's a weird punishment. I mean, the FA have to do something to punish people and they have to be seen to do something. But at the same time, I mean, it's, it's a punishment that a lot of managers will happily accept because they quite like watching it from, from up there anyway. Well, and
4: they can still communicate to the bench. Which, mm. So you think if it's, if it's a proper punishment, they would stop them doing it, wouldn't you? But, um, mm. but they clearly don't. Uh, it's a different perspective up there. I mean, we sit roughly in the same place. Uh, as Bowie you were sitting yesterday, and uh, up high you get to see much more of the uh, of the movement of players uh, than you would do at pitch level, hmm. uh, as a match. So it gives him a different perspective. Whether or not he ends up liking it's something we probably have to ask. next time. Next time I interview him, I think I'll ask him yeah. whether uh, whether he'll uh, once the touchline ban is finished, which is after Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, whether he'll still carry on sitting up there.
3: Hmm. I think I think he'd be tempted to. I think uh, as uh,
4: especially if he keeps winning.
3: Yeah, when as as Rob said, there it is something that Curbs used to do. There's loads of videos. You often see Curbs coming down the the, the steps from the director's box when uh, he was there yesterday as well. Actually, maybe he was pretending he was managing because he was doing the director's <laughs> box. Right, Greg. Uh, Driscoll tweeted in to a man they all played their part but Billick and Arebo were a cut above would fancy us against any of the others up there in the playoffs if we keep our squad fit only negative was changing the formation after going one up for a second week running we should have learnt from last week I mean we've, we've practically coming on and going slightly more defensive and Taylor mentioned it as well that we uh, when we spoke to me, so they we decided to, to hold on to what we had. I mean, it's not like we didn't go for a, a, a killer a third goal, but in that last ten minute, five ten minutes or so, we did invite a little bit of pressure on. I mean, we dealt with it eventually. It did take a, a last ditch block or two, but
4: I think that's fair. But I also think you got to bear in mind the way Portsmouth played, and they would have, you know, they just started lumping balls up to the top, and Pittman was was playing quite deep and trying to get on the end of any any knockdowns as well. So I think the way that they were always likely to approach the last ten minutes. Um, I think uh, probably uh, was the reason for the change, as much as anything. It, you know, if you'd have put, uh, if you'd have carried the the same shape, uh, then you'd have less people in midfield to deal with that uh, that threat that was there. I, you know, I, I get what you're saying, by the way. I and mean, dropping deep, I think, is a human uh, human trait when uh, when you're hanging on to a, a lead, regardless. So uh, maybe it's just a case of changing it because you know what the opposition's going to do.
3: And just coming back to to what Greg said about us not fearing anyone in the playoffs. Uh, we're we'll getting to that stage of the season <laughs> now. We're going to start being cocky and say when, when we get to the playoffs, <clears throat> who would you like to face Ooh. out of the current top four? Ooh. And then I'll go down to maybe Blackpool in the top eight. So you're looking at, I think, Barnsley and Luton are yeah. pretty comfortable. Maybe Barnsley might drop off and Sunderland get in the top two. But So out of Barnsley, Sunderland, Pompey, Doncaster, Peterborough, and uh, yeah, Blackpool just about. Who would you like to play?
4: Tell and why. Well, I'd slightly disagree with what you just said there. I think Sunderland have got a really tough running, mm. so I don't see them overtaking uh, uh, Luton or Barnsley.
3: Barnsley have been on an amazing. Yeah, run if as any well. of them
4: two drop off, I think we are the team. If you look at our running, we've only really got Luton uh, as, as, as you, you would call a, a tough fixture mm. um, to come. Uh, Sunderland have got to play Portsmouth. They've got to play Doncaster. Um, they've got to play Portsmouth again at Wembley, by the way. Mm. Um, so you know their running isn't uh, isn't. Okay, well, Coventry as well, by the way, who uh, are knocking on the door of the playoffs, or have been. So um, I don't see Sunderland's running being that great for them. Uh, So uh, I think uh, if anybody's going to threaten the top two, it's going to be us. I mean, it's unlikely, of course. So who are... I don't know. I mean, you'd like to think um, uh, you wouldn't be scared of anyone, home or away. Probably... Out of the ones that are currently there, Doncaster, I suppose, in the,
5: yeah. in the semis.
3: Nathan, if you had to pick one out of the, the games you've seen against to them av- so far?
5: To avoid or to have? The to have. Oh, to have, yeah. I think Donny over two yeah. legs. But so no, I'd, I'd have Portsmouth over You wouldn't two. fancy
4: Blackpool at the moment, would you? Really well, the, with the, their, with the, the you know, crowd behind them at the moment?
3: Yeah, they'd have a, a really interesting end of the season Um, with, yeah, with their renewed... Uh, supporter base as well that could be an interesting like we say uh, climax to the season for them Nathaniel says do we lose any loan players for the playoff final should it involve us based on the end of loans I don't think that would be the case I'm fairly confident they would have uh, been lined up to go up until the uh, the, the end of the playoffs uh, I mean it's not Katrine here sorting out the deals so it should be sorted <laughs> now Ray Bates says if the owner put half as much pride and passion into the club as the staff the players and the management did yesterday the team would be out of this league and whereas if we put the same amount as, uh, as the owner did we'd be out of the league at the other <laughs> end <laughs> that's a fact yeah right uh, Tony again we were immense yesterday the performance of the whole team was incredible standout players were Bilic Eribo uh, Bauer and Cullen we need to be slightly more clinical in converting chances into goals we never gave Pompey a second on the ball and we were strong all over the pitch. Yeah, first time we, we've scored two for a while, actually, that yesterday. Um, again, you'd say we, we we could have had more. Um, so you could argue that old chestnut that we still aren't, as clinical as I imagine Lee Bowyer would like us to be. But hopefully now we've, we've got a couple in the game. Hopefully we'll now start to to kick on as well. Now, Robert says, best display uh, from a Charlton side I've seen since the Premiership days. Well done to, to Lee Bowyer and, and and to Jacko, which is, uh, certainly shows that we're going in the right direction. Right, Robert uh, Middlewick says, we have absolutely no chance of keeping rebo. He's a fantastic player who will be offered a far superior contract from a club further up the league. Shame because he's potentially worth millions depending on uh, when we would end up selling if he were to sign a contract. I mean, like I say, uh, one of the many people out of contract at the end of the season, we heard from, from Patrick Bauer on Thursday show and asked him about his contract situation. Uh, and uh, even when I said even if we get promoted, he he wasn't going to make any promises by any stretch of imagination. Now, if you think about the situation with the Arebo contract that was apparently a while ago offered, then withdrawn, offered less, hopefully it's been sorted and offered more now, but even if he's offered a fair whack of money, which he won't be under Du Chatelet, you can't understand why any player, money-wise, minimum, would want to stay at Cheltenham. I'm
4: guessing part of the problem is because uh, you've got a couple of players, maybe even three, that were signed on long-term contracts at probably very good money, we don't know exactly, but, uh, uh, and one of those uh, is alongside Patrick Bauer, uh, and playing, so he's if uh, if if we do go up and that'd be great, he's going to look at it and say, well, you've got to match what so and so's getting, and they're not going to be able to do that because uh, there's a there's a limit now. I'm guessing, especially if we're still owned uh, by the current ownership. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's a scary time. Uh, whether we go up or not, it's going to be scary. Who uh, who we're going to be able to re-sign, keep, or or, or sign as new to try and replace the ones that are going. It's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, I'll tell you what if uh, if they manage to pull that out of the fire It'll be uh, it'll be up there with the miracles of, uh, of of a lifetime, but it is a concern, no question.
3: Mm, Dan saying that he wants Pompey in the playoff fi- in the playoff semi final, and then Sunderland at Wembley will be like nineteen ninety eight all <laughs> over again. Not that uh, we're not getting ahead of ourselves, but we are definitely getting to the playoffs now. I've decided, so yeah, I'm, and I'm looking forward to playing whoever at Wembley. Whoever wants to come and play us at Wembley is fine; they can they can join us there. Right, Cliff Scales at last a win on TV, and what a win it was! We were fantastic from start to finish, and made Pompey. Looked very ordinary. The whole team played their part, but Aribo was on another level. How uh, we keep hold of him, I don't know. Also, good to see Taylor back amongst the goals. Um, the only thing, hopefully, we're not being. Uh, harsh by saying this but Portsmouth have been on a slightly dodgy run and by slightly dodgy I mean their win against Bradford last week relegation threat in Bradford was their first in 9 or 10 games
4: so they've only only won 1 in 10 mm. uh, and uh, uh, 5 of those were draws um, and the others were, were defeats. So if they keep that run going, if, you know, if they don't get another win in 10, then they're not going to be in the playoffs at all. It's isn't?
3: funny, actually, um, when, when Kenny Jackett came in yesterday, because, I mean, I know he's at Millwall and all that, I've always thought, actually, he's quite a good manager, what he did with Wolves as well. I always respected him as a manager, but sat in his press conference yesterday, didn't re- it didn't inspire me or anything. Like if I was a Portsmouth fan listening to that, I don't think I really would have heard any of the excuses and thought, yeah, no, that, that's fair enough. I, he... he he sounded a little bit—I don't know—like like he'd run out of ideas a little bit. I think
4: it? that's his character anyway. He's not—he's mm. not one. Of, he hasn't got that demeanour about him generally. I don't think. Mm. Um, comes across sometimes as too nice, I suppose.
3: Yeah, yeah, he does come mm. across as nice, like, way too nice to be a, a former Millwall well, manager. That's true. Certainly, but like so, a manager I've always respected. But there's just something about your yes, son i don't know—it just felt a bit flat when he came into the uh, the, the press conference after. Uh, the game Tom Bramley says we were brilliant yesterday other than their goal and the miss late on we didn't give them a sniff if I were Boyer, I'd be getting a rebo to sign on the dotted line first thing Monday morning you can see why others are interested in him uh, when he puts in performances like that I'm sure if it was up to Lee Boer as well if he was allowed to uh, physically grab Joe by the wrist and force his hand onto the piece of paper uh, he he would do so but obviously it's I mean the, the terms that we offer him are, are going to be the sticking point and even then you know, he might think, well, even if we offer him decent terms, if there's a, a championship club minimum offering him something better or even the, the, same, the same wages, but in the championship, he'd be, he'd be tempted, wouldn't he? The point is where we mm. are as a club uh, yeah. and the ownership, even
4: if he signs a contract, it's still no guarantee that he's still going to be with us next season because mm. if he signs a contract and then somebody bids for him, then we'll probably accept <clears> it. We don't even, even know if the
5: manager's going to be We don't even know who the manager's going to be. I mean, for Joe, if you got on well with Boyer and he's not committed yet, well, why would you commit to something if you don't know That's who's going to
7: be
3: mm, Excellent point. Right, Ev James, brilliant performance yesterday. Keep this up and we will be top two. I've always said it, uh, that we would no reason why we can't if we stay injury free and red card free. It will be a tantalising finish. I think the only reason why we're, we're ruling it out is because there, there's 10 games left and it's a 10-point... Uh, gap that we need to overhaul, and as a Barnsley side, who haven't lost in about 17 18 games now. A Sunderland team, we've got a game uh, on us in, in advantage. Portsmouth, at this rate I imagine will be finishing above, it would seem. Uh, but yeah, I think the only reason now it would be quite interesting to have worked out you know, if you look at that four or five games where we dropped a few points, if we hadn't had that disruption of Carlin leaving and we'd been able to continue the form we'd shown after that little Christmas wobble where we, we got that great point of Sunderland we had a, a brilliant result against Shrewsbury if we if we had kept Carlin you know we really would have been in with a shot I think and that's so it's, it's, it's just bizarre the, the, how you go from one week to another playing well and then all of a sudden Roland just you know pops over from Belgium just going to press the self-destruct button quickly lads and then he's off on his way again I mean it's such a shame because now, we really were getting up a little bit ahead of a head of steam just after Christmas there.
5: Yeah, and I think that's what the disappointing thing when Carlin left because everyone knew we were all in a good place. We had two strikers on form. We knew um, we had a good midfield and we'd keep creating. We were dangerous. And, um, that you know, that top two was always an option. And then I think now, ever since, you know, he came over and, like you say, pressed the self-destruct button, there's no... I'm Not being disingenuous to any of the other players, but we have had to change our way of playing. Like Tel said earlier, and and you can tell. Um, and it's only and we had that little wobble, and it's only like now we're starting to get back into the groove again. And it, I think, like you say, ten points is a that's like what Barnsley losing quite what more than a third of their games or whatever. You know what I mean? It's a lot of games to lose for them.
4: Yeah, I mean, you consider that since Carl left, we we we've drawn three. Um, we're looking at uh, End, Blackpool. Uh, and Doncaster, you'd, you'd have almost bet us to win those games with, with uh, an undisrupted side, uh, and Carlo and Grant playing. So that's six points. That puts us uh, what on sixty nine. So we're only four points then away from Barnsley instead of ten. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's just a, a two game switch in it. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy how we. Uh... We do these things to ourselves. John Ellis says, I felt we were immense. Haven't seen the stadium that loud for many years. I just hope we can carry on for the rest of the campaign. Uh, uh, Tony, everybody had that one. Uh, Michael Broad said, a great performance by every player fully deserved the win. Now on to Tuesday, coming you Reds. Connor says, probably the best performance I've seen this season. Every player worked their socks off uh, for the three points last night, really showed control of the game. Yeah. I wonder if, is it up there as one of the best? Cause I'll say you, you look at that, uh Barnsley game here at the Valley when when we beat them by two goals. I remember at the time saying to Bowie that was probably the best performance of the season at the time. It was very mm. different, as we said, performance to uh, to, to what we got in, in some of those games earlier on in the season where we would look so quick and so dangerous on the break. It was just one of just total domination, which, um, again, it's not something you're that used to uh, against another side in the top six. But we, we, we've we done it in the last two weeks, really, and, uh, yeah, performances are certainly back on the up. Now, David Nicholls says, fabulous, although as ever, it was nerve at the end with only a goal lead. His hope and the injuries don't reoccur uh, with a vengeance And uh, as we looked, top draw, uh, rebo, especially. Darren also says, one of the best and most satisfying performances of the season. The boys gave their all and got exactly what they deserved, which was three points. He also adds, what an atmosphere. he said, it was one of the best nights at the Valley in the last few years. The atmosphere was insane. The players show they can turn up to a big occasion and Rebo was classed the way he kept winning the ball back. Like Billick was brilliant as well uh, before he was dancing in that midfield. He, uh, in that midfield. he also says uh, that hope he's not injured for too long because his range of passing is just uh, brilliant. That's Christian Billick there. Uh, Charlton Exile, fantastic performance yesterday. Almost had me believing. Well, wow. it obviously takes a lot to get Charl- <laughs> Charlton Exile believing. Uh, I mean, I, I reckon Charlton Exile now, if, if, if you asked him, he'll definitely think we'll stay up. <laughs> <laughs> Vital Charlton unbelievable atmosphere yesterday I got crushed by my cousins uh, when the second went in but it was all uh, worth it Vital Charlton definitely living the dream there he gets to, so he, went, he was at Bowyer's press conference during the week and he still gets to be acting like a fan like that as well uh, he must have had a cracking week there Vital Charlton well done uh, to you Nathaniel Miller three matches eight points if we win on Tuesday as well I'm going to find it tough to go home I have faith uh, this team is far better than last year's playoff team yes and Nathaniel's been over from Ohio for the last three games and un- undefeated since then. Is there any way that we could sort of crowdfund for him to move to England?
4: Kidnap would be cheaper. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, he'd be well up for that as well. <laughs> uh, and uh, Martin says you can't uh, leave us now on our unbeaten run with you here talking to uh, talking to Nathaniel there. Right, let's have a listen uh, to one of our fan interviews. Um, like I said, uh, so I went into the Royal Oak yesterday. Uh, embarrass myself in front of everyone but I eventually managed to uh to to get Liam to come and do an interview uh with us so the 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 brief was, I was told we want to get some real Charlton fans on, on this podcast that BBC apparently are going to do at some point. But um, Liam was so good, I thought I've got to play him on, on, on Charlton Live as well. I wanted to find out uh, how, how the fans are reacting to, of course, what's happened over the last few weeks with Roland Juchatelay, uh, how, how he was feeling about the performances over the last few weeks, where he thinks we're going to finish. Uh, but first of all, when I was speaking to Liam Anderson, he was sort of telling me, uh, what you made of Ronald Duchatelet's recent outbursts?
8: I think I think a lot of fans, including myself now, it's got to the point now where we we realise he has he has completely lost it. It's got to the point now where if he wants rid of it, then he's got to do something about it himself. Personally, I think uh, Charlton fans want, want it gone, and you know we we I don't think it gets. It's got to the point now where we don't mind who who it goes to, but in terms of him himself, he just has to go. If he wants it gone, and he's getting offers. You know, if he is getting off his left, right and centre, then, then he has to be proactive and, and, and get it gone. It's, just, it's as simple as that really. I
3: mean, Obviously, he made the headlines with that demand that the EFL took the club with him. I mean- from a personal point of view, that doesn't really seem to make much sense. As a Charlton fan, how did you feel when you see your own club putting that sort of statement on their own website?
8: It's just embarrassing, isn't it? I mean, if you, you know, you, you get, you, you know, I'm you know, friends with any football fan. You know, you, you get you get fans from you know Mill or anywhere. It, it, you know, they're, they're laughing at a club. You're laughing at our club, and it's 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 embarrassing. It's, it's just not the Charlton way because. We used to be a, a club famed for the way we used to get run, and 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 you know the, the sort of example that we set in terms of Premier League clubs, you know, a good 10, 15 years ago. And now looking at us, it's just not the same club anymore, and, and it, it's, it's it's embarrassing in in terms of the way it's being run at the minute. And and you can't really see it stopping at the moment until until he goes.
3: Yeah, I mean, you can see the damage that's happened over the last four years in terms of the relegation, the the crowds, uh, sort of. Being cut by almost 40% in some cases. I mean, well, how far do you think this could go if he doesn't leave at some point in the near future?
8: Um, I mean, let's like say we see Card come out and, and saying about the about the boycotts next season until so he, he you know he decides what he's doing with season tickets and stuff like that. I think you still will still always get a core a core and support. I mean, let's say you know you're interviewing me in a pub at the minute. You know you will always get people in there. Uh, you know, Prepared to come out and have a drink with their mates on a on a Saturday as, as, as what it is as a social event, but in terms of in terms of moving forward, it's very 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 difficult as it is right now but I still think you know, the, the support for the club and the love of the club will always win through despite who's running it and despite
3: what's going on on and off the pitch. Do you think he's holding the playing side back as well? Because I mean, outsiders will look at a Charlton team in, in the top six going well under Lee Bayer. Um, if he had behaved differently, do you think they could be further up the table or do you think Bayer would have been able to achieve this
8: either way? I think what I say. You, you look at last season. You look at this season. We've always been in and around the playoffs, and you know, yeah, you don't know where you know where we'd be without you know, it's, it's, you know hindsight or whatever you like to call it. It's, it's a wonderful thing. But in terms of as of right now, as a as a club, I'm happy with where we are. I think there are teams that are a little bit beyond us in terms of ability or maybe in in terms of structure. I mean, Sunderland being a massive club, you know, I think you'd expect them to be up there and stuff like that. But in terms of who we are and and what we're about. We are a, we are a big club in this league, and you know Boja, as, as many other people have said, he's doing an unbelievable job in what in the circumstances he's got. Whether he could do more in terms of other, other bosses, I don't know. You don't know the support he'd get in terms of money or in terms of in terms of structure. But for what he's doing, it, you know, bear in mind his contract's running down. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's working wonders. But um, I think having that having that fan favourite as well in terms of the in terms of the fans, in terms of the the club, always helps. Yeah, I think I think the owner. You know, it all comes down to the fact that the variable that's causing the issue is the owner.
3: And I mean, obviously we're talking ahead of the Portsmouth game, but as I said, in, in a comfortable position in the playoffs, how do you see the rest of the season going? I mean, if we if we stick in around the
8: playoffs, I, I, I think it'd be a very successful season. I, I I still stand by the fact that I think we've got one of the most creative midfields in the league. Easily, it's a shame about Grant going because it seems since he's gone that the, the goals have dried up a little bit. But in terms, of the, in terms of chances, I still think we are creating. I think our defence has, has really stood up and be counted over the last couple of, couple of weeks, really, because of the way that we've had to defend and the way we've had to rely on one nils and two ones and stuff like that. But um, I, I still think that we'll be in and around the playoffs come, come May, and then uh, who knows after that.
1: Simon, what what uh, were we saying? What were we saying?
6: Smith alongside, he said he should line up for these opportunities. Oh, you know, Naby can hit them. Josh Cullen is the other option. It's about so is that four, four yards away. Yards back for you? Four yards from the edge of the pounds here. Naby Saar to take. Saar, over it, over it. it is oh!
0: Naby Saar! Naby
6: Saar! <laughs> oh, yes! We've been looking for a free kick hero, and it comes in the way of Naby Saar. Everyone's going to claim they said it, but the total man, the centre half with a great free kick, the goalkeeper was stood and couldn't do anything about it and Charlton had the equaliser.
3: Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, just heard from Liam Anderson there, uh, Charlton fan. Uh, always good to get the views of other Alex fans on here as well. Um, and, yeah, he spoke really well, as, uh, as as Dan's saying that He says, nice one from this old git. Uh, Dan's, <laughs> Dan's not going to let her <laughs> <I> go, really. <laughs> I feel so bad about that. Now. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no Liam, Liam spoke really well there. Uh, I think he, uh, I think he uh, displayed a, a view that many that many holders were about that yeah. the situation. Uh, good on the pitch, bad off it, basically to, to sum it up nicely. But yeah, cheers to, to Liam for that. Uh, yeah, thanks for talking to us. I've been waiting for this tweet all day, Brian Cole, uh, who, as uh, many of you may know, uh, lives down in Portsmouth, and uh, his wife is is a Pompey fan, as is uh, I imagine uh, her entire family. He says I would just like to thank all the heroes in red yesterday. Uh, they made a miserable day for my wife and mother-in-law in the away end i hope to be back in the house by tomorrow <laughs> uh yeah well judging by how much brian was uh telling me he was going to uh, annoy his wife uh, by the time he got home yesterday i imagine yeah i can imagine it might even take slightly longer uh, of course. Right. Um, don't forget, we've still got Tuesday's game with Burton Albion to look ahead to. We're still going to hear from Jacko, who's a, uh, a Charlton fan who comes over from Amsterdam, which is, he's got one great line in that interview. I'm not going to ruin it for you, uh, but I really look forward to, to playing that for you as well. Um, we've got your emails and a few messages to, to, to chat about as well. I just want to bring attention, though, to the fact that on Tuesday evening, before the Burton Albion game, Uh, team addicts the uh, the lot of us who are cycling over to Amsterdam in the summer uh, we'll be doing a bucket collection outside the ground uh, before the game so if you see any of them including our very own Nathan uh, Muller give generously um, uh, because obviously it all goes to a great cause and we're trying to raise as much money as possible uh, for the uh, for for, for prostate cancer UK Uh, so make sure you give generously to them Wednesday evening here at the Valley it's Charlton Athletic versus Millwall in the women's game so the the Charlton women uh, versus the Millwall Lionesses we beat them 8-0 away uh, when we played murder earlier in the season, Chelten still challenging for those top two places. Not going to be easy, but they still they still got an outside chance. So uh, I'm going to be down here on on Tuesday. Uh, hopefully Terry too. Uh, so yeah, so come along and support the, the the girls. They deserve your support. They've had a brilliant first season in the championship. So that's uh, that's here at the Valley on Tuesday on uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, so you can come down here twice Uh, Tuesday against Burton for the men's team Wednesday against Millwall both games to look forward to big games I'm looking forward to uh, as well Well, let's get on to the emails James Franklin uh, emails saying hi guys got to watch the game from my sofa in Alabama yesterday and what a fantastic performance it was from the entire Charlton squad too many good performances to mention them all and an overall work rate that Boya himself would have been proud of as a player we need to start seeing off games though maintaining that work rate every 90 minutes up until the end of the season and into the playoffs will be incredibly tough. Uh, there have simply been too many last-minute saves, blocks, scrambles, and goals recently. We must make that midfield dominance count. Keep up the great work on the show. It's a vital resource for us. Global, it's brilliant, James. Thanks for that. Um, what, why aren't we clinical, Nafe? Why have we never um, been clinical as Charlton Athletic Football Club every year in, in our entire I was, I was 125 whatever <laughs> year history? What, what year is it I now? I was going to say, apart from. Yeah, um, 13 year history
5: 14. It's nothing new is it But um, I think we'll do it Tuesday But apart from that I don't, I don't, I don't really know why um, I mean I, could try, I was trying to think um, Yesterday night The last time We absolutely Battered someone And I can only think Of MK Don's at home But surely We've beaten someone Like smashed someone
3: Since then but MK I don't know Don's I at we, home What the 5-0 in like 2011
5: you're talking about um, Must be Oh no I thought it was later than that <laughs> Maybe then But I can't think I, Like we, uh, we never really Like smash anyone not, like, <laughs> for, oh, oh yeah of course duh yeah, yeah I but, yeah, that, but yeah. I don't they don't count no, yeah, yeah it doesn't it a check trade yeah <laughs> I mean but, but yeah, I don't cut. know yeah. we've always had players though haven't we we've always had we've had a decent strikers um, but we've never like well yeah <laughs> apart from this season we have the ones before maybe not so but <laughs> yeah we I, I don't really know because we we never really um, is it something that when we go like yesterday we, we try and protect our lead a little bit maybe I don't know but I, think, well, I agree with both. I think we're going to have one by the end of this year. I think Tuesday might be one.
4: Saving out for Wembley.
5: Well, in the playoff final, that would yeah,
3: be it. So. Saving out for Wembley yeah. against Sunderland after we've been <laughs> in the semi-finals. Yeah, I'm up, uh, <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. It's nah, a bit, yeah, uh, no. We're getting ahead of ourselves It's all about how we're going for the top six in the championship <laughs> next year. Right, uh, Mark Newbury. Evening, folks. Uh, what a game. Finally, we show how we can actually play and do ourselves justice on the telly. Yes, Pompey had a couple of chances, which they fluffed, but our class... Uh, showed, and there wasn't a weak link from 1 to 11. The commentators purring over rebo uh, and almost trying to sell him to any bidder was interesting, but he was head and shoulders above uh, anyone else. Uh, there won't be uh, many teams watching that who will fancy their chances in the playoffs, and if we can avoid a serious injury to the key players, it all looks good. Now to keep going, Tuesday, uh, with maybe a couple of fresh legs, not Fossu, who looks like he knows Bayer doesn't want him next season. Cheers to uh, cheers from Mark and the boys. Uh, interesting comment about Foster. I mean, did he even did he come on yesterday? Yes, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. d- yeah he did, didn't he? Quite. Uh, well, what did you make of him? Because obviously he's been a bit. Um, I, I literally couldn't remember he came on, so that's not a good <laughs> sign. But I mean, he, I think there was a couple of times he ran out with the ball late on and won a couple of free kicks, wasn't there? Yeah, I think
4: so. And uh, he just looked lively when he's come on. Uh, I think some of the games, um, especially uh, recently. We uh, we have to have a structure about us, uh, which includes you know the, the way you play the diamond, uh, always somebody at the base, uh, and the s- style of play players we need, especially yesterday when Boy was saying we need a more physical approach. I don't think that's Tariq's game, uh, and he's probably suffering as a result of that. If uh, uh, there's a choice there for with Tariq, um, you have to drop Johnny Williams or Ben Reeves. Uh, on that right side, or, or Joe Rebo, I, mm-hmm. I suspect, and that's not likely at the minute. So, mm-hmm. I think he's probably suffering because of that, and that, and not necessarily his fault, but um, uh, he got injured back into last season. We had to we had to restructure because of that. Uh, he got injured again this season, didn't he? At the, be- mm-hmm. at the early part, so um, they just uh, perhaps the club just saw the play, you know the management feel with um, uh, other people are in front of him.
3: Mm. Uh, right, Phil Cullen says, hi guys, wow, just wow, uh, a fantastic team performance by the boys, very hard to pick a man of the match for me, both Aribo and Cullen jointly, uh, can see why Pompey have dropped off the pace, they were very average, uh, can we have them in the playoffs please? In Aribo, we're seeing a Premier League player in the making, unfortunately for us, if he doesn't sign a contract he's gone, and if he does he's gone, <laughs> and Touche will trouser the transfer fee to offset his losses, unless our banker friend... Uh, comes to the rescue. Uh, obviously, yeah, that, that, that bid uh, that was talked about in the Evening Standard and the Voice of the Valley and Charlton Life uh, was, was made by <laughs> uh, by a banker uh, a few weeks uh, ago. So, yeah, we don't know who that is. Right, uh, Ollie's pointing out that we smashed Northampton twice, uh, 4-0 and 4-1 oh, last yeah, year. So possibly, yeah, and Dan's asking what the, the score was when... Uh, we when McGinnis got his hat trick against Bristol Rovers that was a 4-1 as well four-one. so yeah so we've had uh we've had oh, a we've few had a big ones, ones Didn't we yeah. take Bristol Rovers away as well yeah 5-1 yeah Back, that yeah. was uh, just why work in between uh, oh, yeah, Slade and was, Robinson, wasn't it yeah, yeah.
5: It was that, that's when Robbo was in the Car Park with Peter wasn't it
3: yeah yeah so, oh yeah i remember yeah that. so we we have we have we've handed a cat out catwalk. a few we have handed out a few but yeah. we need a uh, we need one this year uh, really, don't we, to keep us happy? Right, Super Clive on the Chowin, uh Life Forum says Joe Rebo is reminiscent of Paul Mortimer, and Josh Cullen reminded me of Matty. I agree with that. I mean, you would have seen Morts play a bit more than I did, actually. Tell because he was ever so slightly before my time. I think in terms of my actual memory of of games, Morts and Rebo. Yeah, that's, Uribe, similar. It's, that's not a bad shout, actually. Both uh, very I, good with their feet, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly.
4: Uh, I'd say Morts was no actually, yeah, Morts was a tad shorter, I think. So, but uh, and that's a decent shout, then. I think mm. uh, I, th- I think uh, from memory, at least, uh, Morts probably weighed in with a few more goals, um, and a better shot on him, but uh, Joe probably better with his feet.
3: Yeah, right. I've got another interview uh, to play you. Yesterday, I was uh, excited to to come down to the ground yesterday because I knew I was going to speak Jacko. Uh, meet Jacko, who comes over from uh, Holland to watch the games uh, four, five, six, seven times a year. He's uh, he's one of those strange ones where you get a, a foreign fan who has an affinity with the club. And the funny, the funniest thing about this was once I was done doing the interview with Jacko, I then uh, met, met a guy called Lucas. He came over from Brazil. Uh, to, to watch the addicts he was brilliant I asked Lucas how he got into it and it was, it was, it was a classic classic answer he was uh, uh playing as Cheltenham football manager enjoyed it so much that he started coming over and this time yeah. he, he bought his uh his family who I, who I don't think i would ever seen uh, who'd ever been more baffled than when uh he this guy started to, talking to me trying to work out who the hell I was uh, but it was it was nice to meet uh, meet the pair of them and Jacko I uh, had a quick chat with uh, to find out how he first got involved with coming over from uh, Holland to, to watch the Addicts.
9: Well, the first time I get over was uh, on invitation. Uh, I got a ticket from uh, Phil Parkinson in 2009. All right. And uh, I was in, in those years, I was um, interviewing uh, old players from my team in Holland, Herakles, and we had a Dennis, young Danish player at Charlton, um, Martin Christensen, and I think he never uh, get to the to, to, to the to the first half uh, for first team. But uh, I had an interview here. And but the tickets I, I yeah, Phil Parkinson gave me the tickets in Reading, <laughs> at, at the game uh, Reading against Watford. Yeah. So it, w- it was coincidence. Yeah. And what is it that makes you keep coming back to Charlton
3: over all these years? Then
9: the family, uh, fam- fam- family, camaraderie. I yeah. uh, I think I saw 15 stadiums in England. And in London, uh, Arsenal, um, Spurs, and uh, Spurs, uh, and uh, it's it's not it's it's not football anymore. It's not typical English football. It's forward tourists who want to see typical English football, but it is not typical. You must smell the piss. Uh, that that is typical English football. The kick and rust. That is so. The lower divisions, uh, Championship, I think is the best division, uh, and that's why I'm coming over. And of course, you hang around with uh, I mean, some well-known
3: faces like Ma- everyone knows Mads down at Charlton. it people like that that keep you coming back as well.
9: Ah, of course, Mats is my wing wingman. Uh, Mads uh, comes comes over to Amsterdam now uh, to see me in in Holland, and uh, he's my best wingman yeah. <laughs> in the in the in the tour of. Of Ireland, pre-season tour, around we were very good wingmen, and we <laughs> needed each other. <laughs>
3: and uh, how often do you come over to see Charlton play then?
9: I tried between seven and ten games in in a season, and and sometimes a away uh, game. This year, I had Sunderland, and I I do the jails Yeah, yeah. And uh, how how do you think the season's gone so far on on the field of play? Um, I think I, I saw a couple of very good games, but they, they are not stable, they are not stable. They have good periods and then bad periods. If the good periods are a little bit more stable, I think they play top two or three maybe.
3: And uh, of, of the players you've seen this season for Chowan have you got a favourite?
9: Pierce. Can I get a shirt of him, <laughs> Jason Pierce. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to try and ask. Yeah, him. try,
3: try and ask. Yeah, him. well, now I'm sending this interview, and you, and you can. Yeah. See. So again, English football in particular, what, in which ways is it different to, to Dutch football? Is it or is it quite similar?
9: Um, in, in English football is spoiled by the big money, and that's why the Premier League is not interesting for me to watch. It, it's it's totally spoiled uh, when Ajax beat uh, Real Madrid uh, Wednesday they beat 1-4 Gareth Bale earns more money than all the players of Ajax together and that's that is also a lack uh, that is a problem for the English football because the English national team is, is not doing well for 30 years because there are too many foreigners playing in in this country earn big money and yeah, and a couple of them don't do well. Lots of them don't do well.
3: And of course, another big thing about the English culture of football, and particularly Charlton, is the pubs around the area. Which one's your favourite in se 7
9: uh, In SC7, yeah, I think the Bugle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And is this, this going to be your last one this season,
3: or are you going to come back when we get to Wembley in the playoff final?
9: Well, that is a good one. Uh, okay. Last year, we had uh, uh, me and my wife. We had a, we had a, a big and expensive holiday in America, and so we decided this year to keep it colder. So, if they reach the playoffs, I think well, uh,
3: you gotta come. Yeah, I've got to
9: come yeah. over. Yeah. And Pompey
3: today, how do you see us getting on?
9: Yeah, it's, uh, I I, get, uh, I had a bet for two 0 Yeah,
3: excellent.
9: Not oh. for not for Pompey. No, yeah, for Chelsea, of course. Yeah. There we go,
3: Jacko. There uh, explaining why he loves uh, English football. And I think it's a, a sentiment What's that smell? All, yeah, it's a, it's a, <laughs> a, sen- a, a we all share. It's just the the, the stench of piss everywhere. Is the, is the reason I keep coming Absolutely. back? Absolutely. It's the same for Jacko as well. I think he meant it's it's the. Uh, the real experience, which I think he was getting on. Uh, but yeah, great, Jack. I've met him a couple Man of times. Pish. Yeah, he's, uh, he loves it. And I say ha- hangs around with Matt Unless Mads smells of piss. Yeah, <laughs> it might be Mads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give him a proper sniff next time I see him. Right. Um, uh, I think we should start looking ahead. Because uh, we're into the last seven minutes. Although, just a quick uh, tweet from Bob Liskam actually says, Evening, boys. Uh, difficult to criticise that performance today. If I had to, I'd say our oh, fullbacks didn't play that well. With regards to the noise level, I think... Uh, I'd have to take earmuffs if there was a uh, twenty thousand people there. So fallbacks, you're harsh on on Dick Steele and and, and Perrington. Perrington, <laughs> the man who lost his his man for the header. Uh, Dick Steele caught in possession a couple of times, but I thought he was getting forward well at I times thought, in that uh, first half. I particular. thought
4: Anthony Anthony did superbly. Uh, did he Did he have a faultless game? No, probably not. Um, ben Perrington is a is a, is a, a a strange one because he he does a lot of work that you don't notice. I think, and and that's not a bad thing necessarily. Uh, but yeah, he's, you got. Um, he, he held his hands up, and I think everybody's got to agree that you know it was his man that got the goal. So therefore, in that case, you'd say he did. Uh, he failed a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, I think he, it just gives us a balance. Ben Perrington yeah. uh, He's mm-hmm. not. He doesn't bomb forward as much as uh, uh, as Lewis Page used to. Um, but he gives us that balance on the left side, and I'd rather him be there than not.
5: Mm, I think a lot of people do try and. When you look at the, like, the the two fullbacks we have in, you know, Jada Silver before and Lewis Page, they were attacking minded fullbacks. Whereas Ben's been brought in not to do that. Ben's like Tell said to keep um, keep the balance. And Wally Down said he'll give you a seven out of ten every week, which he has. Really, to be fair to him, and he's not. You know, you can when he gets the ball. You know he's not going to take anyone on and you know whip a ball in. But you know he just gets the job done. It wasn't his best game yesterday, but yeah, I agree. I thought Anthony had done all right. I think he had a little bit of a shaky start, and then mm. he, he seemed to get coming, growing to the
3: game. Right, um, first ever uh, visit to the Valley. I think, for Burton Albion. I should have checked that before staying it. But yeah, first first visit certainly in a league game for uh, for Burton Albion. I've got a feeling we played him in the cup here actually, beat him 7-0 if I double-check that. But um, yeah, big game Tuesday. Chance to extend our unbeaten run here at the Valley to 13 games. Um, and I mean, with all the tired bodies there must be after after that game yesterday. And Burton... Uh, actually have a, almost a 24 hour advantage on us because they played Coventry on Friday night getting a a, ve- a very good 2-1 win away at the at the Rico <coughs> Arena. Um tough game and it, you know with those 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 tired legs and those, those couple of probable injuries it's going to be tough to get going again but you just hope there's that crest of the wave mm. that we're going to be riding on I guess Nave.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think um obviously I think Re- I don't know how he's going to play it. I don't know if Prattley come in. Hopefully he'll play Reeves and um Fossu. I'd like to see a bit more attacking than not um, Prattley but we'll see but yeah I think it's a good I think we're going to win comfortably on Tuesday I don't know why um, uh, hopefully it's with these one of these four or five nilers but um, yeah I think I think like you said we're riding the crest of the wave you know the the mood's going to be high we're playing well we're at home again we're under the lights again we know we can um, we've just got to keep winning our games and I think it'll be um, a good
4: little good little performance from us hopefully It's an interesting one for me because uh, Burton away they absolutely battered us. <laughs> I mean, they really battered us. Probably, in terms of the games this season, uh, it's probably the most one-sided game I've seen. Mm. Uh, and how we came away with anything from that game is still still a mystery to me. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for me because um, they're going to look at it and think, "Well, hold on, this is what we did to them at our place. Mm. We can do it. We can do it again." So, uh, we're going to have to play well. No question
3: about it. Yeah, mm. Burton uh, sitting down in eleventh. I think they've. Uh, th- they're what eight points shy of the the playoff places. I think they probably would be imagining that their season's pretty much over now. Of course, had that great um that great cup run, uh, which ended at the hands of um, of uh, Manchester City. The only one their, their win at Burton was their first in in five. Uh, they, they've been very patchy with a lot of draws recently. Only two defeats in the last or ten or twelve there, but. Mainly draws, so it could be uh, a team po- possibly coming here to try and make it difficult for us as, yeah, as we'd expect. I don't think
4: that's fair. I'm surprised you don't remember their visit here, the last visit here, uh, 1956, seven 0 uh, seven 0 yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so <laughs> I was, was right. That so it was, right. so was, was up there somewhere. One? Yeah. 1956. How old were you then? Shut it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was Terry's first game. That was Terry's first game on the <laughs> senior citizen <laughs> discount.
3: That was yeah. <laughs> yeah you uh, say uh, that every yeah. time you on a travel card. Stop
9: saying the years because you were going to say the same joke. I think yeah. <laughs> and uh,
3: so that, that, that would have been, been in the FA Cup that game wouldn't it, it was, so, yeah. Yeah. so yeah so um, hopefully we'll uh, repeat that scoreline Man City outdone us there with their 9-0 then didn't yeah. they if they're, yeah. trying to trying to uh, take, take the mickey out of us so Nathan I, I know Terry will never do a prediction but if you, yeah. if you I'm going to put you on the spot because you love being put on the spot 3-0 free, 3-0 oh, free free to yeah. us yeah yeah, free, yeah who yeah. says 3-0 come on <laughs> be like a normal football fan 3-0 <laughs>
5: three, three three, no 3-0 three 3-0 yeah, yeah I've said Eagle's going to score every week no, but Eagle will score Tuesday
3: at some point he's, he's he'll sc- come off the bench yeah. and score at some point he's got a score right uh, Frankie Collins tweets in said that uh, he met Jacko uh, at Luton away this season what a legend the uh, the, the Fan who comes over uh, from Holland to smell the urine uh, in, in English uh, <laughs> <laughs> English football. He's a pro- he was a, he's, a, he's a he's a proper good guy. Like, so I've met him a couple of times and. uh I, I, I can see how, especially you hang around with Mads, how you can uh, get caught up in the uh, excitement of English <laughs> football culture. Uh, he, was, he was telling me after the game they're going for a Chinese as well. So he, he, he was just spelling out my perfect Saturday afternoon, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, so, yeah, great to hear from him on tonight's show. Great to hear, of course, from uh, Liam, who we spoke to earlier, uh, Lee Bowyer, and uh, from yourselves, because we have come to the end of uh, this evening's Chutton Live. Thanks to all of you who joined us. Uh, a, a brilliant performance and victory over Portsmouth here at the Valley yesterday uh, and uh, really enjoyable. To to talk about it again uh, on this evening show. Thanks to Nathan and to Terry for coming in. Cheers, boys. Cheers, thank you. Yeah, thanks for for spending your Sunday evening uh, with us. Everyone who's listened all the way to the end. Thanks for your tweets, your emails, and whatnot. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I've been Louis Meadows. Thanks for listening. Uh, another game here on Tuesday at the Valley against Burton. Don't forget Wednesday evening uh, against Millwall Lionesses for the Charlton Athletic Women's team, and then we'll be back here on Thursday evening uh, to look back at that Burton game and, of course, to look ahead to the game against uh, Bristol Rovers next week. Thanks for listening. We shall see you on Thursday. Chalent
0: ride. Chalent ride. Chalent ride.